0: And so that's the end of announcements, and I'm going to welcome on our very own Pastor Wale. Woo! (laughs) Enjoy. Hello, family. How are you all doing? Good. How are you all doing? Online, how are you doing? I can't hear you, but I'm sure you're shouting wherever you are. It is so good to be back. Honestly, honestly, I pray it is, especially if you're online, that um, very soon in the near future that you can join us in person in both Imprint London and both Imprint Leicester. And I just want to say a quick shout out to Imprint Leicester. It is your birthday today. Happy birthday, Imprint Leicester. Three years, my gosh. It has flown by, and as I was thinking about um, just what God has done over the last few years, especially for Imprint Leicester, this scripture came to mind, and it's Matthew chapter five, and um, verse fourteen, where Jesus says to his disciples, "You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden." And I really just believe that's just a word, especially for this season, that especially um, with Imprint Leicester, that the Lord has put you in a place of influence, that you guys will be a light and people be attracted to your light. I know, especially behind the scenes, you guys have been... um, have been strategizing especially about community outreach and community work and I really just felt like the Lord um, today was just saying that he is going to bring provision he's going to bring resources to really equip the desires that He has put on your heart so God bless you guys and I can't wait to see what God does amen amen okay so we are going to continue our series on impact and today I would like to talk to us about social justice so I'm going to start from actually um, Genesis, I believe it's Genesis chapter 2, where the Lord created the first human. And who was the first human, guys? Adam, Adam God bless you. <laughs> Y'all reading your Bible. Hallelujah. <laughs> so the first human. So the Lord gave Adam instructions in the Garden of Eden to not eat. To, that, he basically says you can eat from any fruit, from any tree, except the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. But the serpent, a.k.a. the serpent of the garden, a.k.a. the devil, deceived Adam's wife, Eve, into eating the fruit and basically said, if you eat the fruit, you will be like God, which is kind of a paradox because she was already like God. The Bible says that he created um, man in his image. But however, um, Eve still ate the, the fruit. It actually doesn't say apple, but still, um, Eve still eats the fruit. And Eve convinced her husband Adam to eat the fruit as well. Because of this, their eyes opened and they realized all of a sudden were naked. I don't know how they didn't realize before, but they realized in that moment they're naked and their eyes opened. So because they saw that were naked, they essentially um, took and um, fig trees and they sewed, they sewed fig trees together to cover themselves. And the Bible goes on to say that in the cool of day, as the Lord was walking, that um, he, called, he called their names and essentially he asked of them and they said that they hid because we are naked. And the Lord said, how do you know you're naked? Did you eat, from, did you eat the fruit from the tree I told you not to eat from? And, they, and Adam actually says, Adam blames his wife and he said, it is the wife that you gave me that basically convinced me to eat the fruit. It is essentially, it is her fault. And when the Lord asks Eve, what did you do? She now says, it is the serpent that deceived me. And especially when we're talking about um, social injustice, I believe that this was actually um, the root of social injustice. I believe that this is where it all started from. Especially with Adam, we can see when he says it was the women that she put inside this garden with me, that convinced me, what is Adam doing? He's shifting blame. He's trying to protect himself. This self-preservation is taking place. He enters self-preservation. And honestly, I believe that self-preservation and human selfishness are the main causes of social injustice in the world. And it's one of the reasons why it still occurs today. So what is selfishness? Selfishness is a lack of consideration of other people. And what is self-preservation? Self-preservation in itself, it is, it's not wrong, but it's the instinct to maintain someone's life or quality of life. But it does become wrong when it is at a detrimental effect of someone else, perhaps due to opulence or the desire to um, gain and just, in a sense, indulgence. And I studied economics and there's this concept called game theory, where essentially there's a winner and there's a loser. And especially when so sure injustice happens, there's a winner who can fulfill all of their desires. But unfortunately, there's a loser who is negatively affected, hurt and even wounded by the winner's actions. And since the Garden of Eden, we can see selfishness and self-preservation taking place and it has plagued the hearts of many. If I was to just give you some biblical examples of where self-preservation, selfishness has taken place. We can see that with Cain, he killed his brother, um, Abel, out of jealousy for giving a better offering to the Lord. We can see with Abraham, Abraham said his own wife was his sister because he was scared of being killed by the king, Amelahek. We can see with King Ahab another example. He envied Naboth's um, land and vineyard. So King Ahab's wife Jezebel essentially got Naboth killed in order to obtain the um, vineyard for her husband. Another example: David. David lusted over another man's wife, slept with her, got her pregnant, and when David could not actually convince her that 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 um, lady's husband to sleep with that. With, to sleep with um, his wife, David essentially got this man killed. He pushed him to the front line where he got killed. And even the whole nation of Israel was enslaved and oppressed by the Egyptians. And in our day, what are um, examples of social injustice? We can see discrimination of all kinds, we can see poverty, child labour, poor health care in some regions, poor education, the refugee crisis, um, gang violence, climate change, sexual abuse, and so on. And it might seem like a bold claim, but we can see even in scripture that selfishness and self-preservation has been the root of so many injustices. But I would like to note very clearly that from the beginning of time that God had implemented an alternative human construct, another social paradigm, one that is not rooted in self-preservation and selfishness, but rooted in justice and righteousness. Psalms 106 verse three says, blessed are those who observe justice and do righteousness at all times. Amen. I'll read that again. It says, blessed are they who observe justice, who do righteousness at all times. And the Hebrew word for justice is mishpat. And it talks about retributive justice. So essentially, you get what you deserve. So just imagine if you, rob, if you robbed a bank. We all know the consequence of that is that you go to jail. So it's almost like if that justice that says you get what you deserve. But how many of us know that this justice, even though it's good, even though it is fair, it doesn't actually fix and solve the injustice that we see in the world. It doesn't bring a sense of social transformation. Therefore, mishpat, justice, needs to be combined with another Hebrew term that we see, called tzedakah. So zedekah is the Hebrew word for righteousness. And most people believe that righteousness actually only refers to perhaps private morals like your sexual ethics. But in fact, even though that this is the primal definition, it is also much more broader than that. It is about having a right relationship. Like for example, a commentator said, Zedekar is a person who conducts all relationships in family, society with fairness, generosity and equity. So righteousness is when a person conducts all relationships um, in family and society with fairness, generosity, and equity. So what does Siddhartha, what does righteousness acknowledge? Righteousness acknowledges that everyone is created in the image of God. Therefore everyone is inherently and completely valuable. So it treats everyone with dignity and respect. So let's turn to Acts chapter 2, verse 42. It says, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold their property and possessions to give to anyone who had need every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts in the temple courts they broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people and the Lord added to their and the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved amen amen So essentially, the people in the early church, this church community, sold their possessions to provide for those in their communities who were suffering financially. This is where we see right relationships with other people. And also, in a similar fashion, if we turn to Jeremiah 22, verse 3, it says, this is what the Lord is saying to his believers. He's saying, be fair-minded and just. Do what is right. Help those who have been robbed, rescue them from their oppressors, quit your evil deeds. Do not mistreat foreigners, orphans, and widows. Stop murdering the innocent. So we can see clearly that God is a God of justice. His heart goes out to those who have been marginalized in society, those who have been robbed, those who have been exploited of their possessions, those who have been abused, the refugees, the fatherless, the motherless, and the person who has lost their spouse. And sometimes if we are being honest, when we come across these people, when we come across people who have faced injustice, when we come across people who carry a level of brokenness, what is our response? If we're being honest, sometimes we feel deeply uncomfortable, where where we just hope that they might change the conversation, where we politely ignore them, and when we just pray that they will just walk past quickly. And what is this? This is simply indifference. By us ignoring and not addressing people's issues doesn't mean it doesn't exist. It takes active engagement in order to see injustice in the world depleted. God forbid in our day-to-day life that when we hear people's stories, when we hear injustice in the world, God forbid that we don't engage and we react like, like Jesus told the powerful in the Good Samaritan, like we act like the priest and temple assistant. Where Jesus essentially tells the story of the Good Samaritan, he says he shares the story of how a person was beaten up, a Jewish man was beaten up, left on the side of the road to die, to, and and all his possessions were stripped um, were stripped off him. And the Bible goes on to say that someone from the same racial group, someone from the same cultural group, a Jewish priest and a Jewish temple assistant, saw this man left to die on the side of the road, saw what happened, and they just walked by. But it was a good Samaritan. It was a Samaritan man who had nothing to do with that man. who was from a different cultural group, a different racial group, who, if this man was awake, actually would not even regard him in the first place. For Jews and Samaritans hated one another. It was this Samaritan that, by the Bible says, attended to him. He's, the Bible says he was, com- he was moved by compassion, picked him up, soothed him of his um, wounds, and bandaged him up, and paid for his medical fees so the man can get better. You see, guys, this is restorative justice. And I believe that this is an excellent example of how us as believers should respond when we see injustice, where we're in a place to help out. We engage, we don't ignore. And maybe some of you guys here in this room and also online, you might be thinking, okay, Wale, does that mean that every single person who I come across, every single homeless person I come across, does that mean I give them money? Because, you know, I'm a student and I don't have much money. So, um, yeah, I don't know if I can do that. And I just want to reiterate what Luke chapter 7 verse 33, what Jesus says about the Samaritan man. It says he felt compassion for him. So he gave out of compassion, not out of compulsion. You know, Second Corinthians chapter 9, verse 7 to 8 says, you must each decide in your heart how much to give. And don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure, for God loves a person who gives cheerfully. So therefore, the Bible's highlighting that we ought not to give out compassion, but we, should give, we ought not to give out of compulsion, sorry. But we should give out of him stirring up compassion and the Lord putting it on our hearts to give. It is out of compassion we give, not, of, not out of compulsion and manipulation. Furthermore, I would also like to just emphasize that there's so many other ways that you can serve, that you, give, that you can give to people in other ways than finances. And Peter and John actually acknowledges, actually acknowledges this in Acts where it says Peter and John came across um, a gate called Beautiful. And they came across a man who was crippled. And the man was asking for money. And essentially, the Bible says um, he looked at Peter, John, expecting a gift. And Peter says these words, I don't have any silver or gold for you, but I'll give you what I have. In the name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene, get up and walk. The Lord is simply asking us, give what you have. So sometimes the best thing that you can do for people is to pray. Sometimes the best thing that you can do for people is to actually refer them to someone who can better help them, especially in the area of mental health and counseling. And I really just want to commission us tonight. You know, I am so in awe of what God has done, especially over the last few years of Imprint. Imprint Leicester, that's three years old. Imprint London, yes, hallelujah. Imprint London, that's just a year old. I'm so, I'm so ecstatic by what God has done. And the Lord has established his church. But I also hear the Lord commissioning us and saying to us, it's time to rise up and it's time for us to go outwards that each one of us are not just one in a crowd, but we are part of a movement called His Global Church, to see heaven on earth and to see justice and redemption on every scale and in every context. So maybe you're here listening to me and you're thinking, okay, where do I start? And I would just like to share these three quick practicalities. Number one, ask the Lord, what do you want me to engage with? What is the cry on your heart? I love the example in Exodus where the Bible says that the Lord heard the cries of the Israelites where they were being oppressed and where they were being persecuted by the Egyptians. Therefore, the Lord, as a result of hearing that cry, he says to Moses, I have heard the cry of my people and I'm going to send you out as a deliverer. May we be a community, may we be a group of believers and individuals that hear the cry of the Lord, where the Lord can say, I hear those people cries and I can know and I know exactly who I can send, who can honestly be a redeemer, and who can act as a deliverer for those people, with his spirit enabling them. Number two, engage with what you see. What are the social injustices that you see? How can you practically help? Perhaps your wisdom, perhaps your skill set, perhaps even your time. And if we're being honest, for many of us, it would actually take us readjusting our priorities to make time to actually partner in social transformation. You know, when I was preparing the sermon, I was actually saying to the Lord, when I was reading just how how, um, social transformation um, was so much on his heart, and how believers um, from God knows how long over history partnered with the Lord's vision to see social justice in the world. When I could see that, the words that came out of my mouth, I was like, God, especially um, me living in London, being a millennial, I was like, God, you know, do we have time? And the Lord said to me, we are just your priorities. Number three, partner with what's already out there. You know, there's so many great charities, there's so many great organizations. And this is similar to what the early church did There was something called the Jerusalem Collection that was basically organized um, by Paul, which was a monetary fund from Gentile churches to help the church, the believers in Jerusalem, who were facing economic crisis due to a famine. So the believers in those days from a different cultural group, from a different church completely, took up an offering for those in a completely different land to help them with a economic crisis so in a similar fashion the same way that the church actually partnered with Paul we can also partner with people as well and there's some great organizations that us even as a church we are partnering with and we're going to um, talk about it um, over the next few weeks as well but also there's things that we can partner organizations that we can partner with as individuals so I would love them to come on the screen it's already there Okay, the first one is Compassion. I know many of you guys have heard of the Compassion organization, and they are amazing. They are passionate about protecting and empowering every child left vulnerable by poverty. And if you sponsor a child for just 28 pounds a month, it is an opportunity to provide that child with food, clean water, shelter, clothing, and medical care, especially during the coronavirus crisis. Number two, another one, A21, which is another great organization. I love the mission statement. The mission statement says this. Our mission is to end slavery. We are a nonprofit organization fueled by radical hope that human beings everywhere will be rescued from bondage and completely restored. We are the um, abolitionists of the 21st century. We work with you to free slaves and disrupt their demand. Amen. That's a powerful mission statement. And the next one is Open Doors. And Open Doors works to raise awareness of global persecution, mobilizing prayer, support, and action. And these are some great organizations that we can partner with. And lastly, I would just like to read a verse over us. In Matthew chapter 25, verse 34, it says, speaking about Jesus, this is what Jesus will say to some of his saints on um, um, at the final judgment. It says, then the king, speaking about Jesus, will say to those on his right, come you who are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you, for you from the creation of the world. For I was hungry and you fed me. I was thirsty and you gave me a drink. I was a stranger and you invited me into your home. I was naked and you gave me clothing. I was sick and you cared for me. I was in prison and you visited me. Then these righteous ones will reply, the saints, Lord, when did we ever see you hungry and feed you? Or thirsty and give you something to drink? Or a stranger and show you hospitality? Or naked and give you clothing? for when did we ever see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will say, I tell you the truth, when you do it to one of the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you are doing it for me. And I can completely, I completely resonate with this because I have witnessed something of a similar fashion firsthand. You know, I have um, great friends in many different cities and sometimes when uh, my family members visit those cities, Um, I hear great reports of how my friends take care of my family members, make sure they they make sure that they are well settled. They'll take them out for food, take them out um, to do all sorts of activities. And honestly, that just really touches my heart because I can see how their love for me also translated to love for my family. And I feel like this is what Jesus is saying here, where our love for him translates to love for others. So my prayer is for all of us that we will be a community that, like I said before, that responds to the cries, that, the, that responds to the cries of people. Where the Lord tells us and the Lord equips us to actually be deliverers in our day, where the Lord equips us to actually see social transformation at work. And lastly, I would just like to say that perhaps there are people even in this room or people listening online who have, um, if you're being honest with yourself, you felt like injustices have happened um, in your life. You feel like um, you've feel like you um, experienced a certain level of abuse or hurt by other people. And I would just like to emphasize that that is not the will of God that it wasn't God's heart for you to experience that. And I believe that right now that the Lord can actually meet you. And I know that um, online, we have an online um, prayer team who would love to pray for you. So if you feel like you would just love to see freedom in that particular area, then our online, our virtual team would love to pray for you. But lastly, if you can, um, I would love you um, to just pray with me as we end. Your Father, Lord, thank you so much that you have called us. Thank you so much that you put your spirit inside of us. And Father, Lord, we thank you that you want to see that you are a God of justice. And we pray that we will be a family, that we will be a community, that we will be a group of believers who will respond to the cries of men. Father, Lord, we ask you right now to forgive us for where we've been indifferent, we ask you right now to forgive us for when we have been passive. Our Father, Lord, we ask you right now to give us your heart. Because your word says that you are near, you are close to the brokenhearted. So Father, Lord, break off indifference right now. Break off us right now in the name of Jesus. Let us be carriers of your light carriers of your light that goes outwards that expands beyond our social context that expands beyond our just small circle group help us to be people that see just like the good samaritan to see people's needs our father Lord, we even make a bold arcs to even give us the resources so we can further help more people in jesus name we pray amen